Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Like a movie showcasing stories of fulfilled dreams, this has a simple timeline. It says much about the man himself too, actually. But who is Adrian Vowles? Uh, tough question, but um, Adrian Vowles is a very proud country boy. Um, growing up in the country towns of Carlamulla and Charleville, grew up on a property, and 23,000-acre property, where, yeah, learned some beautiful life lessons about hard work, about how life isn't easy, you know, drought and all that sort of stuff. And I think what I learned, you know, in that time as a kid probably helped me for the rest of my life and with footy but just in life in general and saw how hard my parents work. So, yeah, I'm just a proud country boy. Um, you know, love going home to Charleville where mum, you know, mum is now and um, just love my country mates and just that time. But uh, that's me. I'm a country boy. That's about it. Born in Kalamulla, raised in Charleville, as you said. What are your first recollections of footy? Was it playing footy or was it watching footy? I remember going to one game, watching a game in Kalamulla. Choppy Close was playing for Kalamulla wow. in 79 or 78. So that was the very first game. I remember Dad telling me about this fella, Chris Close, um, and he scored a heap of tries. And they won the uh, Wallow Cup, I think it was back then. They won it. And, and then I... Dad asked me I wanted to play footy, and I no, I didn't want to play. It just didn't interest me. And then when I was nine, eight, and I got nine, I said I want to play footy. I just I didn't tell mum and dad. I went down, and then had one game and played and made this break. I was fast as a kid and uh, got to the fullback, hurdled the fullback, and scored to try and proud as punch. And then when I got off the field, I got a. Dad got up me because I'd hurdle the fullback and I could have broke my neck. And but that was my first memory of foot. I don't remember anything else about that game, but I just remember the hurdling the fullback. And um, yeah, I just loved it from that that day onwards. For us city people, I think it's hard to appreciate just how important rugby league is to people in the bush. It's it's more than a game. It's very much the staple of the community, or it was anyway. Yeah, it was definitely back then. And um, you know, when my dad played 
there was three teams in in Kunnamulla. There was a team in Wyandra. Now, if anyone has ever been to Wyandra, you blink, you miss it. The home of Peter Moody, the great horse trainer. Yeah. Um, and then Charlotte had three teams: Thargamita, Corby, Augustella. So it was massive. Dad got paid to play because the wool prices were so big back then. Wow. And, um, Bobby Banks was his coach at Wyandra. He was yeah. one of the best five eights for Australia, and, and he played for Australia from out there as well. So it was, it was good, and just the crowds you used to get as a as a young fella, and you know, it was I just I, you lived and breathed it. Sunday was footy day. Um, you know, we used to listen to the footy games on the radio or the wireless, as we call it, and um, and the ABC games where you 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 Sydney and you Brisbane, and yeah. you know, and all those players. In the local area were my heroes and all the players in the Brisbane-Sydney comp were my heroes as well and had all the posters and all that sort of stuff. For guys our vintage, and we've only just found out we're born a day apart, to try and explain to the youth of today that we only got to see one game on television a week and that was on the ABC as we are growing up, then Channel 9 and Channel 10 maybe played a game. It's almost impossible to imagine, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. We... We only had ABC. I had ABC till I was seventeen. So we got we got wow. our second channel when I was seventeen, and we got ads. We were stoked. How good are these <laughs> TV ads? You know, and you get soon got sick of them. But it was you know you just that Saturday mm. ABC game. You just you live for that. And then Origin, you had to listen to it on the on the radio and wait for a week or so to get the video of the game. And sure. and I listened to that you know that Origin game with Dad on the radio. It was amazing. Over your journey, late 80s, I'm thinking, uh, you moved to the Gold Coast. Was it you moving, looking to pursue a dream, or were you asked down? I know, I was pursue a dream. I went to QRL camp. They used to have them at Brisbane, and I went to, they'd go for a week, and when I was 16, I went to one. When I was 17, I went to one, and um, I someone put the seed in. Um, Brian Winnie was, he's from Redcliffe, ex-halfback. Yeah. He said, why don't you come down and play footy down here? And I said, oh, do you reckon? He goes, no, no, you'd be good. And I went, that was the first person who planted the seeds. So that was like a January of 1988. And I went, right, I'm going to move. And I was going to go to Redcliffe. That was because I knew people there. And anyway, finished school. I'd, before I finished school, I got an apprenticeship as a cutter maker on the Gold Coast. Mm. My sister lived there. So that's where I was. Finished grade 12, one week later on the Greyhound bus, 15-hour journey to the Gold Coast. I think I had. And the very next day started, and I did a fourteen-hour day, and I was just going, "Please, I want to go back to school." <laughs> but that I had no offers, didn't even have a club or anything like that. So that was, yeah, I took a risk, but it was a goal, and that's what I wanted to do. What were your first impressions of the big city? Because let's face it, Charleville had a population of under about twenty-seven hundred at the time. So most anywhere on the coast in Australia was a big city. Yeah, it was, mate. We, we always went there for holidays. So I knew the Gold Coast, but I remember thinking, geez, this is a big place. So I could do anything here and yeah. not, not get into any trouble or get caught. And um, But, yeah, it, it, I love love the Gold Coast and end up playing for Tweed Seagulls. And mm. Tommy Searle was my coach, uh, Michael Searle's dad. And, you know, I, I worked, for those who know the Gold Coast, I worked in Labrador, which is one end of the yeah. coast. I lived in Crara, which is sort of near the middle, and I played at Tweed, and I didn't have a car, but I got to training, always got to training, never missed training, got lifts, and wow, and just loved it. Um, captain that side, 19s, and just had a good year, and then, yeah, got 
got a bit of a sniff at the end of that year. You played local footy, local junior rep footy, had success, then had the chance the summer of 92, 93 to trial the Seagulls, right? 1990. 90, was it? 1990, and they were going to play Gold Coast. So they just transformed in the Gold Coast Seagulls from the Giants. Yep. And they were going to play an under-20 in the under-20s common 1991. So they said, well, let's get our under-21s 20, going in yep. 1990. So I was part of this side and we were playing trials and I just never got a start. I was a 5'8 back then, never got a start and, and then – and. All sliding doors moment. I we play Steve Rogers's Group 18 rep side, so we're playing against the men's side, and he's my idol. Him, Mick Croner were my idols, yeah. and Wally Lewis as a kid. They were, I played in the centres as a kid and just idolised both those blokes. And here he was. We were going to play against Steve Rogers. Anyway, we'd warmed up. I went and sat on the bench, and he came over to our coach. Said, "Oh, our five eight hasn't turned up. Can I have one of yours?" And the coach just went, "Quick, take him." And I'm just going, wow, how good's this? Steve Rogers, like, so I went Jeez. and played for him against my team and scored two tries and set three tries up. Oh, nice. On the back of that, I got a trial the following week in reserve grade against the Brisbane Broncos for the Gold Coast Seagulls, and then I got a contract, and that's, that's how I got my chance. Just pure ass, right place, right time. Meant to happen, but Steve Rogers, thank you. Meeting your idol doesn't happen to a lot of people. No, it was unbelievable, and he's such a nice fella as well. Mm. And um, yeah, just yeah, I couldn't believe it when he asked me, and when he when I went I'll happily play for you. Brilliant. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team. Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. Whilst the record books mightn't show it, there was actually a heap of young talent on the coast just waiting for the right chance, wasn't there? You you look back through the history books now and it's littered with names. Our our 21 side in 92, if if we had stayed as a team, would have won the comp Mm. because it was... Myself, Jamie Goddard, Scott Sadler, Kevin Campion, Jeremy Slosh, Dave Bovang, Wayne Bartram played some games of yep. that, um, Andrew Whittington, Lee Groves. There was 15 first graders plus six origin players going Ooh. forward that would have played for Queensland. So, and, and Grant Bell was our coach, the inaugural Cowboys, Cowboys. coach and, and brilliant coach too. Wally Lewis was head coach of the footy side. You mentioned Steve Rogers. You've already bumped into him before first grade. Then Wally gives you your debut. That is amazing in itself. Yeah, well, when he came to the club in 92, 91 he came, sorry, and um, he was playing first grade. And, and, and in those days you played reserve grade and then you sat on the bench. Yes, first grade. Yeah. So, so between 1990 and 93, before I played first grade, I sat on the bench 20-odd times for first grade and never got on. In 92, Wally was captain coach and – at the, I didn't think he liked me at the time. Never got, never ever got a chance. And my my debut, my first rate debut was actually that year against Great Britain. I okay. played against Great Britain. I played in the centres. I started. Now, so that was my, a rare achievement. Yeah. yeah. So I played that before I played wow. first grade ninety two, which was amazing. And then, um, 
the 92 gave me the chance and play it against on the Tui's Challenge. Mm. So I marked Jared McCracken, which was I was actually shitting myself because yeah. you know, he's a big man and, yep. and I'm going. But I had a really good game and that sort of kick-started it then. What's your best Wally story? It seems most people have got one. Oh, always, which I've said to you before, is just, just when he drives a bus. <laughs> you know, like I think we went even at the Gold Coast Seagulls, it was in this, at, you know, the old sevens. They used to have the World Sevens. Yeah. We are on the little, not a mini bus, but the little bus, the 12-seater, and he's he's revving it, revving it, revving around, and then let the, lets the clutch out, and it basically lifts the front wheels, does a wheelie, and then bunny hops down the street. But oh, he's just, yeah, he was just amazing that here I was being coached by a bloke that I idolised mm. and played in that first origin and, you know, and just... You know, he he could have walked on water, I wouldn't have, you know. Well, that's how I thought he did. I thought he yeah. walked on water. Uh, round 193, the side would have three future State of Origin players on the interchange. We've spoken about yeah. the depth. You were making your first grade debut, Campbelltown Sports Ground. What do you remember of the day, mate? Oh, it's always a, it's a tough crowd there, and I oh, couldn't yes. believe it. They were baying for blood. They were abusing you when you're warming yeah. up, and I'm just going, oh, you're like, shit, what's going on here? Like, it's, it was, yeah, just, <laughs> you couldn't wait to get on the field to get yeah. away from because <laughs> warming up was dawning. You sort of, you didn't want to run too close to the fence where they were because you you were um, scared they were going to throw something yeah, at you. Just in case. Yeah, I'd just come off the bench, and oh, it was, it was brilliant, you know, and, um, I really enjoyed it and just wanted to, you know, more and more of it. A lot of young fellas. There were a couple of older heads around the group. Brent Todd is a guy that comes to mind. Who were the ones that you looked to for leadership? Peter Gill was massive for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd followed him, idolised him, I knew who he was. Mm. And even, I remember he gave me a pair of his St. George shorts, which I've still got to this day, believe it or not. And, he was such a good fella to all of us young fellas. Ray Herring was another one. Yeah. Absolute. He was brilliant. And, you know, his, his advice, he always had good advice, you know, about being level-headed and all that sort of stuff. He trained hard. He, he, was, he was a really good fella. And um, Jacko was good. Steve Jackson was good. Um, but, yeah, probably Gillian and Ray Herring were, were, were brilliant for me. There's a name from the past, Ray Herring. We've done one of these Legend Series interviews with Scott Sattler. He said exactly the same thing. When I was at the Gold Coast, he said the whole team would look at Ray Herring and the professionalism and the way he carried himself as the standard bearer, and that's what we need to do to be first graders. Yeah, it was, he was a good fellow. I remember, in, interesting, when I first come into grade, I, I'd be trying to win the sprints, and then I'd have some first graders saying, slow down, you dickhead, slow down, you're making us look bad. And then I'd, I'd slow down, and then I'd have another one saying, what are you doing? Stop bludging, get up, get up the front, you know, so it was... It was always, there was, you know, I think that was probably why as a club it didn't always go as mm. what it should have done, whereas, you know, you probably had those other clubs you just would have, it's all about competing, going far, you know, yeah. fast as you can. And so, but, you know, when we had Ronnie Gibbs and people like that yelling at you, made sure you did what he told you. Yeah, you do what you're told when yeah. blokes like that speak. We've heard for 30 years that the Gold Coast Club was a party club, great place to live, hard to concentrate on footy. How was it for you? There is plenty of mischief to get up to in a in a big city. Um, was it the party club? Nah, we we had, don't get me wrong. Some of my fondest memories are of that time. You talk with Campo and yeah. Sats and all that group, all our age group. But we 
It was a fun time because we all got on so well. Yep. We were all good mates and we did go out and drink together, but we didn't drink during the week. We drank, you know, after after the games yep. as as everyone did. And um, you know, I don't I don't I don't think I just think it wasn't always coached and ran as well as it should be. And you know, something like one time we played and we stayed at a caravan park, you know, like it was it just wasn't that professionalism. Mm. Um, but we had a you know, great strength and conditioning coach called Rudy Mir, who yes. was uh, probably ahead of his time and what he was doing. But, you know, if we'd have kept those, all of us younger fellas, well, and, you know, and just made it more professional. Difficult times off the field for the Seagulls. There was coach upheaval, there was player unrest, uh, office issues. As a business, it didn't appear stable. The club lost a lot of young players, and they were the players that were genuinely rostered and predicted to be the future of the club. But you couldn't retain them because off-field was a mess. Yeah, it was, and then they tended to offer the the ones who came through less money, you know, yep. as well, you know, and pay an absolute fortune for the likes of Brent Todd. And, but yeah, rightly so, they won premierships and that, but probably didn't. I don't think Toddy put put back into what he no. what he what he got paid, you know, and um, I think that was they could have just looked after their juniors a little bit more. I know that's a story of many clubs, but looked after the juniors, do as what what you can to um, to coach, and um, you know if that if that had someone, I reckon like Grant Bell as the yep. as the coach, I think uh, it would have gone places. John Harvey took over from. Wally Lewis's coach. What are you a member of Harves? Tough. Yeah. Good man, Harves. Really. Oh, he was the A-grade coach at Tweed Seagulls when I first arrived, and, and they won the premiership. Yeah. And I just remember him headbutting the hell out of these other front rowers in that Gold Coast comp, but um, just a tough man. and Yeah. Very old school. Water makes you weak and all that sort of stuff. And But we were fit. We were mentally tough. Um, probably... Skill wise, probably could have learned a little bit more, but mm. you know he, he was good. He brought us all together, and then you brought in the likes of Tucker Coleman, who got us around the field. He was good as well on the field, and you know what he brought and that experience that he that he brought. And um, you know we won a few games that year. Beat you know Drew Penrith the first game. Yes, beat the Bronx. How Bruh. big was that beating the Broncos? Because it was genuinely Big Brother Little Brother at the time. Yeah, we we. We always knew we were going to win that game for some reason. It was just we were just never going to lose, and um, I remember it because I did the worst goal kicking ever of all in all my life, missing ones in front. So I probably don't remember it for the win. I remember it for the goal kicking, but it was a great win, and we we partied for two days. Yeah, it was just um, yeah, it was you know for us to beat a team like that with all those good players was unbelievable. Peter Gill had a massive game that game too. 94, you will always look back on fondly. Just 20-something games to your name. And a State of Origin debut for Queensland at the MCG in front of a monster crowd. Is that the dream come true in one night? Oh, it was. In 1980, when I sat with my dad and listened to that game on the, on the radio in the kitchen at our house in Kanamala, and I said to myself, then and there, oh, I'm going to play Origin one day. And then it took me 14 years, but I got, got that call. And then Wally coach, Mal captain, choppy manager, all three originals. And, yeah. you know, just unbelievable. And, and the thing is, I didn't, I didn't have any money. I was on no money. I was on uh, 20 grand sign-on 
that year, but you don't get that. You got it half yearly. The Legend Series drops the start of your working week. It's where we profile some of the biggest names in sport, the athlete, the person too. The Weekly Wodge arrives just in time for some weekend listening. It's the fastest and coolest potty on the market. It's fast-paced, we talk footy, have plenty of laughs as well, and on any one episode you can hear up to a dozen of the game's finest, both past and present, with exclusive content. Before you head back to the real world, we'd love a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. A five-star rating, of course. It simply helps us spread the word as we look to grow the unfiltered brand and bring you more. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Make sure you come back soon, legends. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au.